This is a Triple M Footy podcast with all the latest news and stories that matter right now in footy. It's Tom Brown's news. The semi-finals have shaken out with Port and Melbourne both unceremoniously ejected in straight sets. The fallout for both of those teams will be immense and there's no one better to help us pick through all of it than Tom Brown. My name's Rudy. I've got Tom here. And Tommy, before we get into the footy, some sad news over the weekend with a, a genuine icon, a genuine titan of the game in Ron Barassi passing away. Yeah, Ron Barassi, a absolute legend of the VFL and AFL, synonymous with football. There's various calls over the weekend, Rudy, for the Premiership Cup to be named after Ron, which sounds fitting, but uh, also fitting is Dan Andrews, the Premier, has announced today that uh, the family has accepted the state's offer of a state funeral for Ron Barassi. So a sad weekend, uh, Rudy, 87. Um, he passed away, I think, on Saturday afternoon after a, a short illness and he had a fall. Um, he'd been a little bit unwell in recent years, but it's worth reflecting on his record. And you, th- this doesn't even do it justice, a short readout, but he's a six-time VFL Premiership player and a four-time VFL Premiership coach, 68, 70, 75 and 77, a, pre- uh, a pioneer also in the northern markets, including Sydney, and just an absolute gentleman. And uh, it's quite very sad, Rudy. Yeah, that's that's one of the things about him is it's not just that he was, he was so much, he was so footy. You know, he really was just footy, Bron Barassi, the, the two names are just so synonymous. But it wasn't just that he was a great player, you know, when he played and a great coach when he coached. He was so trailblazing, that story of the handball, handball, handball of the Carlton Collingwood Grand Final in 1970. Uh, even the move from Melbourne to Carlton was like way ahead of its time. Like player movement was just not a thing back then. Um, the fact he went to North and won them their first couple of flags as well in those incredible 70s suits. But in the 90s, coming back to steer uh, a really, really, really dreadful and like woe begotten, just terrible Sydney side. But the lower, they're sort of their yeah, lowest ebb in the 90s. And to, for him to drag them back into relevance and get them to the point where they're now you know, one of the powerhouses of the competition, you know, but he didn't have all of that to do with it, but he, he was so instrumental in making them relevant to start with. And he just, uh, his dad yeah. passed away when he was five in world war two and Melbourne, the coterie group vowed to take him under their wing. And he always regards himself as a Melbourne person, but it was sort of fitting or was fitting, I guess uh, a bit poetic that on Friday night, Melbourne played Carlton and they were two of the clubs that he had such a massive influence over. So, uh, he'll have a state funeral, Ron Barassi. Rudy. Yeah, he will. A very fitting and, uh, yeah, just, a. You know, my my heart goes out to the the Barassi family. Uh, Let's move on to the footy, Tommy, because as you said, his old teams, uh, Melbourne Carlton, they played on Friday night. Melbourne, um, again, straight sets, exits. That's two in a row. They have to live with that now. Some really, really bad days in front of goal cost them badly. And uh, it just their issues in the forward half, really um, written large. So some uh, big talking yeah. points from Melbourne's loss. Obviously, straight, straight sets for the second consecutive year, Rudy. They haven't won a final since they won the Premiership now in 21. I don't like to say there's an asterisk against the flag because they won the flag over in Perth, but it's uh, they would have liked to have won one since, clearly, at the MCG. They haven't won a final since, which is interesting. Um, all sorts of talking points from their loss on Friday. They played Shaki as the sub. In the end, didn't get on. Query whether he was even good enough to get on. Sort of That was a strange decision. There's this... Um, reticence, if you like, on their part to play Grundy during the final series. If Grundy was fit on Friday night, it's hard to think that even as a sub, he's an unusual sub, but you'd have to think he was more likely to score than Shaki, in my mind. I went through it the next day and couldn't figure out who I wouldn't have had ahead of Shaki as sub, Not which isn't to disrespect Shaki, um, who I don't think is too, you know, I think he's a pretty decent player, but 
to have a tall who'd barely played all season and not a runner. It, it just seems like a stubborn decision. Yeah. And I know Grundy had obviously gone and visited Port Adelaide before the finals, which I thought was a little bit unusual. And his deal, Grundy's deal, I think he's had his exit interview at Melbourne today, his deal with Sydney's a long way down the track. I think Robbie Durazio is one of the top agents, his agent in football, alongside Paul Connors. They've got all these ducks lined up. There's no issues. I read some stuff on Twitter today. There's no issues as far as I know in regards to um, Collingwood paying a portion of the money. Basically, Melbourne, this is the critical bit, will clear their books of Grundy's money under the uh, proposed arrangement, which I imagine will go through in the next few weeks. So Grundy will end up at Sydney, as far as I can tell, um, and that'll get all formalised. But uh, that was strange. It just seemed, I think stubborn was a word that came up in one article today. It might have been Kane Corns that used that, so I'll credit him. But um, it just seemed stubborn on the part of Melbourne. Um, Max Gorn, who's arguably the most, the best modern ruckman in the last 15 years or so, I guess, apart from Pab and a few other guys, or alongside, he spoiled the ball. That spoil, whether it was well-intentional or not, or intentional or not, that cost Melbourne in the end a spot in the prelim final. So that was sort of unfathomable. And uh, the whole, and they just made a lot of skill errors and gave away a lot of uh, crucial free kicks as well. Reversal free kicks in front of goal. The whole thing was an absolute head-scratcher. Yeah, they were uh, really, for, for a team that uh, has... <laughs> So many captains and ex-captains in the lineup, they really uh, seem to uh, lack a bit. They of... need a forward, is what they need, yeah, and they they're, ha- they're desperately hard to find. Um, Tom Hawkins is obviously going to re-sign with Geelong any minute. You can't go and find a mature one. Um, they're very, very hard to find. I don't want to speak directly of Membry's personal situation at the moment, but they go and if he's well enough, target someone like that. I, I don't know, but they need to think of something different and quickly. Yes. Uh, uh, another team who will uh, have some pretty brutal exit interviews coming up, Tommy, Port Adelaide. They were simply dominated by GWS. The stats at halftime were pretty pretty brutal. They were just beaten in every single area, but on their home deck with a week off uh, against a team who, you know, I mean, we all know the story. They were 14th or something in, in round 15, and um, they're coming home with a wet sail, but uh, yeah, Port Adelaide will be tough review today. Very tough review. Uh, Port Adelaide very publicly backed Ken Hinckley in August. They said they'd uh, take their time, David Kosh, they'd take their time with the decision regarding extending him. But they sort of said, oh, we'll review it in August, which always did seem a bit strange to me, Rudy, because the issue there is that uh, if you go out in straight sets as they, as they have, you sort of wonder to yourself, well, should they have done that? I don't think you can blame Hinckley for their performance on Saturday night, but they've been off the boil for the best part of six, seven, eight weeks. And uh, it, it came home to roost against the Giants, who so will get to Rudy uh, in incredible form. Uh, poured out in straight sets. So uh, I think it was worse for Melbourne than Port, but um, certainly some, uh, I guess, analysis required for Port in terms of where they're at, where they're going, and a finals record now that really that's just not stacking up under Hinkley. I think Hinkley's, won two, Hinkley's Port have won two finals since 2014, which is uh, pretty tough stuff. He gets them there, which is positive, yes. but you can see from the finals football that's been happening this year, it's all about the pressure, the execution, what you do under pressure, the decisions you make. Finals footy yeah. is a completely different formula. Every Wednesday, it's Triple M Footy's Midweek Rub. It feels like I'm coming out the fight. <laughs> Joey Montagna, Daisy Thomas and Damian Barrett break down anything and everything AFL. The Midweek Rub. Get it every Wednesday by following Triple M Footy on the listener app. The talk of the town all week, Tommy, is going to be the two prelims coming up. Brisbane, they take on Carlton, who uh, famously first prelim since 2000. Collingwood take on GWS, obviously, on Friday night. Impossibly massive game. Let's start... Uh, Brisbane Carlton, the Blues, they do have some injury issues, some blokes banged up uh, coming out of the Melbourne game. Yeah, I was in the Blues rooms on Friday night, Rudy. Uh, I thought they were measured in the sense that they weren't going nuts, but 
it felt good. Like uh, there were previous directors, previous presidents. Mark Lagutache was down there. Brian Cook was there. I think had been a bit unwell. Their CEO last week. So thoughts with Cookie. Um, and uh, it was just incredible. The room, <laughs> the mood. Sometimes I think the media, Rudy, is blamed for the pressure on Michael Voss, but it's worth reflecting on the fact that um, it wasn't necessarily media-driven. I mean, there was a moment during the year where a director and a prominent director, a well-respected one, had to step down because he came down to the rooms and was so incensed at their performance, I think it was up in Sydney, that basically sort of um, acted inappropriately, according to the president, was removed. So things were pretty heated there during the year. It's not like this was some sort of like media construct around the issues they yep. faced. I'm not sure Carlton really need the media to get on board to put pressure on them. Either. No, no, exactly. <laughs> and uh, they said, we'll judge things in the totality of the season. Well, look what's happened. They're in a preliminary final and they've got great sized bodies, the Blues. Like they're just playing good footy and they're big blokes. I interviewed Mark Pitney um, post game on Friday night and they just, they just look like they've got the maturity. A bit like the Cats last year. They're just yeah. big blokes. Anyway, there's a bit to be said for that in finals. I don't get any smaller. It's a bit of a cliche, but it's true. And Carlton have set up this incredible game now against Brisbane on Saturday night. Airfares, Rudy. I checked yesterday to get up there for five o'clock because I've been invited to the function up there and come back. I'd have to pay that. It's $1,450. That's outside our personal budget at home. To, like for return tickets? Virgin ticket, flight about midday on Saturday, come back Sunday morning. 1450 was the going oh, rate yesterday. Well, I assume that's gone up um, overnight. So if you've got a... Uh, if you've got a a private be, jet. You, I'm on board. I'll give you a ticket. You might have to be packing the car, mate, if you want to get up there. You might, might have to leave now. They've got some injury issues, though, as you mentioned. So Wiedering's been cleared of this concussion. The AFL's cleared him of concussion, crucially. The AFL telling me last night the AFL's completed its inquiries into Carlton's medical management of Jacob Wiedering in the final quarter of last night's match against Melbourne. The AFL is comfortable that in the circumstances where Wiedering relevantly suffered an impact to his throat and neck, and that's important, throat and neck, he was properly assessed and managed, including with respect to a concussion, potentially having been sustained in-game and following the match. So there's no Port Adelaide-type $100,000 issues there as far as um, Carlton's concerned with the AFL either. So Weedering's fine. The AFL fine with how they handled Weedering. He looked a bit stunned towards the end of the game and took a couple of crucial marks in those fi- that final minute or so as well. Sam Doherty dislocated his shoulder, but clearly he'll play rain, hail or shine. I imagine post uh, the season he'll be off for, he will be off for surgery, I imagine. But uh, he's going to keep battling on. Blake Akers is nursing a sore collarbone and shoulder, and Cripps cop that broken nose. They've got a few bumps and bruises, the Blues, but uh, I think they'll overcome those players, all of those. Um, Harry Mackay and Jack Martin will return, which means you're going to get a heartbreak selection situation at Carlton this week. Maybe Kennedy and one of the others, so it's going to be pretty difficult. It is. It's going to be uh, tough news for a couple of guys, but uh, it's they're the kind of headaches you want in uh, late September, I can tell you that. Uh, Jack on, Gunston's a chance of being selected, Rudy. Sorry to jump in there for the good. Lions, um, but might not be selected, which is interesting in itself. But he's had that knee injury for the best part of six or seven or eight weeks. So I can sort of understand that he's not match fit, a bit like Jack Silvani. It's pretty hard bringing those blokes back. Incidentally, Silvani couldn't play in a VFL scratch match, which was cancelled over the weekend. So is not match fit to return this week, unfortunately. Jack Payne's battling an ankle injury and was in a moon boot, didn't train last week as a precaution. So keep an eye on that one. Yeah, they'll uh, be wanting him to take on the uh, legion of tall timber that the Blues have. Let's move on, Tommy Collingwood, GWS. I know you'll be uh, keen to talk about this one, although uh, speaking of heartbreak, Taylor Adams, another September soft tissue injury. Yeah, just copped a bump from, I think it was Johnny Noble, in the hip, um, according to Mitch Cleary's vision and Cameron's vision on Friday night. It was late in that session. Um, It's unfortunate because it sort of exacerbated or caused a hamstring injury. It's a pretty light hamstring. You would have seen pictures of yesterday uh, on the news of you might have of Adams running. Uh, I think Collingwood might toy with him 
I don't want to talk about grand finals because I've got to win a prelim first, but they to- they might toy with the idea of maybe playing him as a sub in the grand final. It'll be right on that 13, 14, 15-day window. So query, hopefully that's a problem that Collingwood's got next week. In terms of selection, it would be a welcome problem to have. So it would mean they'd be in the grand final. Darcy Moore has this wrist injury. I saw him this morning at training. He was actually visibly handling it, uh, sort of handling it, and it was causing him some harm or some hurt, if you like, um, and some pain. But the key there is I've heard from very well-placed Magpie sources this afternoon that Darcy Moore's got no issues as far as that's concerned. Another thing that we'll have cleared up at the end of the year, Rudy, I imagine. But uh, it's uh, so relatively okay for the moment. It might obviously have to be jabbed up or whatever. That's sort of outside my sphere. But he might have to channel Darren Mullane, the great Darren Mullane, who in 1990 in the victorious premiership campaign played with a broken hand. So perhaps Darcy's in a similar the, situation. The thumb, wasn't it? Joey Montagna was saying uh, on Dead was... Legends on Saturday, they have to re-break. They basically had to re-break it before every time he played. And then put it in a cast during the week. Correct. It was at the, which is sort of similar to what Darcy's been doing. He's been in, in the Epworth with a bit of a cast, and I think it was last week. But yeah, it was the top point of the thumb, and the uh, and the index and the finger. So it was sort of in that V part of the hand. One of the tougher human beings to ever play. Inspirational, uh, Rudy. We need all the inspiration we can get at the moment. Well, uh, speaking of inspirational, Nick Dacos, hundred percent cleared to play. Yeah, right to go. So that's massive. So Dacos will obviously come in for Adams. So it's uh, obviously going to help Lipinski and maybe Mitchell, who might have been struggling from a selection perspective. But uh, Nick Dacos is right to go, man. Mm-hmm. And then finally, uh, the Giants. They're pretty much full strength, sweating on the fitness of Kieran Briggs, who has been important, uh, battling to lift that shoulder on Saturday night there at Adelaide Oval, but um, I think that they'll give him every chance. Yeah, they'll give him every chance. He's hurt his shoulder, uh, everything going right for the Giants at the moment, so keep a close eye on that one this week. Hopefully, for their sake, he plays. We'll have an update on our socials as soon as they come to hand regarding Briggs. I, th- well, I think was getting further assessment today, Rudy. This is Tom Brown's News, bringing you the most up-to-date footy news every Monday, Thursday, and Friday. Here at first on the Listener App. We'll leave you with some brief stuff this Monday afternoon. Tommy, first of all, the collective bargaining and negotiations, they're uh, nearing an end. Yeah, they're nearing an end. The players have started voting on this new pay deal. I think we'll see the men's players get approximately a 20% pay rise over the next three years, Rudy. Um, Tom Morris, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, also reported this morning that, interestingly, the top draft picks, for example, the top 20 or so first-round draft picks, will now get three-year Mandatory deals, uh, so you'll see those players stay at your club for three years, which I think is not a bad move. I think it's a good move. I think the payback there was that the players got the, the off-season in terms of length that they wanted. I also understand, Rudy, that there won't be a concussion compensation scheme per se in this new CBA, but there will be significantly increased allowance for the um, past players' injury and hardship fund, which will be able to be accessed as part of uh, their concussion. So I think the AFL's come to the party on that front. So uh, that CBA, what's happening is there's voting going on. The players get an update, then they vote. Then the uh, AFL Play Association have to sort of basically like uh, document that deal, write it all up in the contracts and the documents and all the rest of it. And that'll be announced, I think, on Thursday or Friday, Rudy. As we know, Tommy, there's been a vacancy on the AFL Commission for a little while now. It seems like that will be uh, officially filled pretty soon. Yeah, the clubs will meet, Rudy, before the Brownlow next week, mainly to discuss some concussion issues. But I also think that uh, it will be put to the clubs that the commission, that's the AFL commission, and in particular the chairman, Richard Goiter, who I have great respect for, but is under a bit of pressure because of the Qantas issue at the moment. I think he'll um, appease some of the clubs, if you like, by coming up with a commissioner. And I think that commissioner probably will be Andrew Ireland of uh, Brisbane and Sydney off-field fame, also played for Collingwood back in the day. I think he'll be put on the commission. So I think we'll find that uh, happens next week, Rudy, which will be a great relief to some of the clubs that... um, 
I wouldn't say ad- are agitating in the background, but there's a bit of uh, unrest there. Yeah, just uh, <laughs> making those appointments in late September. I just what the clubs would have wanted, I imagine. Yeah, beauty. Uh, and before we go, Tommy, just a little bit of mail on Bailey Smith. Yeah, just I wouldn't be completely surprised if Hawthorne made a bid for Bailey Smith. My mail, and Mitch Cleary's got more on this, is that uh, I think you'll say the Bulldogs, but, um, you know, Hawthorne, if they wanted to, Rudy, for example, could throw up pick four. What would you do that deal? Was Smith worth their fourth pick? Oh, if I were the dogs, I think I'd probably do it, yeah. yeah. So um, my point there is I wouldn't be surprised if Hawthorne make an offer for Bailey Smith as part of the trade period. Will he go? I don't know. What could they offer? Well, they could offer as high as pick four. So just one to keep an eye on, Rudy. Not trying to blow the lid off that or anything like that, but uh, just one to mm. keep tabs on. It's just uh, bubbling away in the background, and I'm sure there'll be lots more of replayed if I'm right in about three <laughs> weeks' time. <laughs> but not if you're wrong. Uh, as I said, I'm sure there'll be more news bubbling around over the course of the week. You'll be back in here Thursday, Tommy, I'm sure. A very nervous man by that point. No, I'm not nervous because my point, Rudy, on all this is that the Giants are good. So yes. what I think is this will sharpen the pie's focus and just make sure that we're not worried about the grand final or anything like that. Just focused on beating the in-form Giants. So I think this is a blessing in disguise. All right. Okay. Not well, worried we'll, about the Giants. We'll check in on you on Thursday. I like Tommy. the Giants. It's a good song, good team, good players. You know what you got to do with the Giants, Rudy? Stop three or four or five of their midfielders having 28, 30, 32 touches. Green, Cornelio, Kelly. There's so many in the Whitfield. You let those blokes have all those touches. Uh, yeah. It's very hard to stop them. And Collingwood's not really renowned for their clearance work so no. lately. So that's a bit of a challenge. Oh, it sounds easy, mate. You just stop five of their best blokes. All good. We'll see you Thursday, Tommy. See you, mate. That was Tom Brown's News. Come back every Monday, Thursday and Friday for more. And subscribe to Triple M Footy on Listener to get all our podcasts throughout the season. For Ring Hot Water and McDonald's, Triple M rocks footy.